Zach Pograb, thanks for coming on the 15-Minute Founder. As you probably guessed by now, we're going to learn everything there is to know about you in 15 minutes. That's the name of the game. So we're going to jump in directly to some hard-hitting topics. I actually first met you because, I kid you not, I kept seeing the word obsessed next to your name on content. Why are you so obsessed with obsession in some senses? Obsessed is the word the lazy use to describe the dedicated. One more quote from Kobe Bryant. If you really want to be great at something, you have to truly care about it. If you want to be great in a particular area, you have to obsess over it. A lot of people say they want to be great, but they're not willing to make the sacrifices necessary to achieve greatness. They have other concerns, whether important or not, and they spread themselves out. That's totally fine. After all, greatness is not for everybody. Zach, what is obsession and how did you get so obsessed with obsession? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny story. Obsession has been, to put it simply, the, the through line between the progress I've made in my life and the people I really admire, like Kobe, like the Arnold, Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, right? If you look at the arc of their life, there is like a very similar way they interacted with their craft. Um, and at its core, that that's obsession. They were just completely consumed in an entirely different world than everyone else around them. And the reason I'm so obsessed with it is because it's this word that is really divisive in people. Like, I feel like the 2010s was the era of work-life balance. That was all you heard about. But in reality, so much of like the magic and the great companies and the great pieces of art that get made are made when someone is completely obsessed by what they do. And so it's like, for me, I'm 20, I just turned 27. The 17 year old me really needed someone in their ear telling them to obsess and be obsessed with what they were doing. And and so that's kind of what I'm trying to do is like be that voice for, for certain people through the content. I plan to talk about it and have it be the center of everything I do forever for my whole life. Talk to me about how you went from, okay, this is a concept that resonates to I want to tell a story around this or share this concept with other people. It started just with the social media. Basically, I was graduating school, didn't really know what I wanted to do, was trying to be a doctor, but really wanted to do, you know, entrepreneurial creative stuff. And so one day, just before in my last semester, I something took me over and I was just like, I'm going to put something out on Instagram online every day forever. And there was no real choice. And like, that's actually, I think the most important part about obsession is often the things that you're really meant to do. You, you don't even sit down and decide to do them. It just happens like naturally. Right. And so I just started posting and over time, you know, you notice what resonates with the audience and what's really unique and resonates with you. And obsession was that thing where I would make these posts and they would do really well. I shared this the other day, Tom Billiou, like two, three years ago, uh, wrote out one of my obsession quotes. And it went super viral. Like you could see it all over the internet. And it was like, I wrote this thing. And then Tom Billu's in his mansion somewhere writing it on a whiteboard. And it's like, wow, this is true. This is real. And no one's really, I don't think of anyone when I think of obsession. Like I think of certain people like Kobe and, and Michael Jordan, but no one's really built a brand around it. And so around, I would say like two years ago, I put in my bio, follow obsession. And then last spring, I just put the flag literally in the ground and was like, hey, if you want to be obsessed, if you're one of the obsessed, put a black flag in your bio, like identify with this. And that's kind of when the movement started and um, still early days. But yeah, that's kind of the story. How did you choose Instagram? And you are very modest. You have a massive platform on Instagram. I believe it's millions, if not several millions of followers now. Did you know from the get go, okay, if I just post every day, this is going to work. But where did that everyday concept come from? How did you have such a long term mindset from the get go? I, I think because I was so stressed about what I wanted to do, it was kind of like this anchor, like this saving anchor where it's like, if I do this thing, I don't think I will fail. Like if I actually keep going and keep iterating, like I have this, this kind of rule, which is, uh, um, I tell like new creators and it's one medium every day, uh, for five years and better every day. And the better every day is the part that most people skip. Like there are so many people who share online and they've been doing it forever, but it's not getting better and there's nothing new. There's no iteration. But if you scroll through my feed, you can literally, it's, it's a, 
it is demonstration of iteration. Like the old content is so bad and so different and you could just read my writing. It's all writing. That's the medium, right? So maybe in five years, it's probably not, might not be Instagram anymore. Maybe it's just focusing on Twitter. Maybe it's, it's something different, but um, the iteration is the piece that most people miss. I get the sense and I can tell you seem ambitious, very driven, hard worker. There's obviously no shortcuts. I do believe that at the end of the day, one of four things is the main driving force behind, behind most daily decisions, money, power, pleasure, or fame. This can change over life, but for the Zach of today, and maybe this has changed, what would you say is the main driving force? What keeps you going to work so hard on this and to build this massive audience and share this story? Honestly, selfishly, it was probably fame, like at the early part of this year. Not that I'm famous at all, but I got like a taste of people who I like admired and some people I even like idolized for years. Suddenly just like are in my DMs, hitting me up to hang out and like love my shit. That's crazy. And so I think that selfishly, that feeling was kind of a um, maybe addicting where I just wanted to keep growing the follower count, even though I neglected like the money part too much where that kind of held back my growth towards the towards the end of this year. Yeah, so that's the answer. If we're talking Instagram specifically in 2023, or let's say going into 2024, how do you advise someone just getting started? Let's talk about that zero to 10,000 journey. What would you advise them to do there in that initial milestone or initial journey of getting their account off the ground? Yeah, I mean, on Instagram, the, the simple tactical answer is just Instagram reels post three a day. The advanced tactical version, and this is social media in general, is uh, you want to see what someone is doing that is working, but they're not doing it at scale. And so how you how do you do that? You go through your reels page for 30 minutes, right? Scroll, scroll, and save what content you like that is clearly doing well has, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of likes, then you're going to their profile. And you're seeing how big is the gap between this engagement on this type of content this person's doing versus their following. Let's say this person has 10,000 followers, right? But they're making this style of video that's getting millions of views over and over. But for whatever reason, they're not doing a lot of it. That is like extreme resonance that this person, for whatever reason, is not taking advantage of. And that's your opportunity. That's basically what I did with the, the videos I started making on Instagram, which completely changed like the meta of the platform. Not even saying that from like a like a bragging standpoint, like you could just genuinely go through like the posting timeline. And look when I started posting those and then look at the platform now. And it's crazy. And that's how you really win. It's that's the answer that you can't teach. So what you can't teach is like three posts a day, whatever three reels a day. But but what you can't teach is the obsession literally to spend hours on this platform and look for these gaps where there's this format, this style that isn't being used. And so that's like, you know, coming up with that is insanely hard. I'm not even telling people to do that. I'm telling you to like, if you can do that, that's amazing. But if you can't, you have to notice it and, you know, keep doing that. You mentioned Walt Disney earlier, something Walt Disney, I think is famous for is this map he drew out very early on, which was the vision or the manifest for, hey, this is how everything's going to interconnect and intertwine. Do you have that drawn out? What does it look like for you? I get the sense that the content is a wedge or it's a, it's a means to something bigger. You seem like you're thinking big too, but let's fast forward 10 years. Is there a world or a map you envision and what are you working towards ultimately? Yeah, I mean, I've drawn like a hundred of those maps and came to the conclusion that like those maps are stupid and like don't draw them because it never works out like that and that you don't create the map by drawing it. I want to learn the history of that map because I bet you he was doing the groundwork before it. But um, yeah, like the clearest example of where I want to go is like Jocko Willink. He's like the example I always give people. Like I was in Wegmans today and you know, Jocko, obviously he was like in the military and a savage, but a lot of people just know him as like a podcaster and a writer. I said, just, I don't know why. Like that's awesome. He's amazing. And his products in Wegmans, that's amazing. Jocko fuels in Wegmans, Jocko proteins in Wegmans. So like he has crushed it in my view more than most creators building like the whole Disney world around his content, right? He has multiple bestsellers, all of his books 
books are bestsellers. And he has incredible brands. He has a big leadership agency. He has Jocko Fuel, amazing supplement company, Origin Goods, like American made goods. Very big. These are big companies. I don't know how big, but very big companies. And you know, you look at these creators that I really admire like him. And over time, they basically figure out how to monetize every aspect of their life and what they care about. Like Jocko, there's very few things he'll interact with throughout the day that one of his companies doesn't own. And that's crazy to me. Like, I get goosebumps talking about that. So that, that's kind of like the vision for where I want to go. And it's it's hard, though. It's hard when for me to get there, I have to be much more selfless and build this thing. That's not me, which is hard when you're a creator who has this personal following. And so that's some, that's like the vision. I am familiar with Jocko. One of my favorite quotes from Jocko is discipline equals freedom. Yes. That to me is also maybe a contrarian take for some. It's not universally agreed upon this idea that if you're very disciplined with your diet, you eat the same thing 90% of the time that actually gives you the freedom to go crazy in the other 10% versus mixing things up all over the place. I want to ask you, what is something that you believe that many people would disagree upon with you? That could be in business, that could be in personal life. But what is your contrarian take or something that, again, you believe that maybe others don't see eye to eye with you on or completely disagree with you on? I'm trying to think of a good answer. Like the obvious answer is like what I write about and talk about obsession, right? Like it's like a lot of people don't love it and so like I'll like what's funny is there are just some people who I'll notice like they follow me and then they're gone because I just think they can't handle like the things I'm talking about but I think uh, also like the normal pace and the normal volume of doing things is, is very very low that's something that I don't think not necessarily people would disagree with but people just don't realize you can post three reels a day like I'm not doing that right now but I have at times and like there's so much volume that people are capable of but they don't do because of like the standard thing and uh, yeah that'd be it I think I am a big believer that when it comes to work and when it comes to health, you sharpen your body to sharpen your mind. That means the two go hand in hand. You don't just exercise for the benefits you get during the one hour of exercise. You do it for the other 23. And the same thing applies when it comes to sleep. You don't just do sleep or sleep for the benefits you get during the eight hours. You do it for the person you are during the other 16. And that's why I don't view things like investing in the right bed or investing in my health as expenses. I view them as investments. And the eight sleep bed is one of the best investments I have made. Let's go a little deeper there. Why does obsession strike a nerve? Why don't some people agree with it? Why does it rub people the wrong way? Let me just ask point blank too. Do you believe in work-life balance? Does that go against obsession? Is that where some of the dissonance comes from too? Yeah. Like I think overall, I would say I, I disagree with like the word that word like balance, uh, like the entrepreneurs I really admire, there's like the phrase work life harmony it just becomes one thing where like everything you do filters down to this one obsession. That's really like the important aspect of obsession. It's kind of like I'm kind of working on this idea. It's like the filter, right? Everything you do, every interaction you have, every experience you have filters down to this thing. Like artists are kind of the purest example of that because a writer or a painter, you know, they'll go for a walk in the city and see something and then they'll put that into their work somehow. Like that's what I'm trying to do. I don't think it's right for everybody there's different aspects to obsession like there's the word i say but there's many different layers to it but yeah overall like i think work-life balance holds people back what i'm trying to say is i think people can find something that they'll be completely consumed by and there's so much joy in that that's what it is it's pure joy but a lot of people just haven't found it and so instead they go into the work-life balance camp and that limits their potential so much if someone out there doesn't know what their obsession is they maybe feel like they're floating they're in a job that they don't love they're in a nine to five but they're thinking about their five to nine and the side hustle they want to create 
What advice do you have to someone for finding what their obsession is? Yeah, to me, there's only one answer if you don't get lucky and find it really young. Um, I forgot who talked about this, but it's like athletes. A lot of these athletes you admire as obsessed because every kid is given a ball. So they get, there's a lot of chances to find that obsession versus something like coding or something else where, you know, you don't really see it till you're older. Paul Graham has written about this and he says it better than anyone else where you have to just always produce and that when you always produce, you find your life's work like a pebble flowing downstream. I forgot how he describes it, but that's perfect. And that's what it is. And it's, you have to put out so many things, try so many different like vehicles until you find this one thing that you're truly obsessed with. Like I, I love writing and I love designing. Those are like my two obsessions. Like, and then you have to find the vehicles for it. And so the vehicle, those are both really hard. I think most people could probably tell you their medium, but almost no one can tell you the vehicle. And the vehicle usually has to do with something that's present with the times, what's going on. Like it's a good opportunity now to do X. So you put your obsession into that vehicle and then things go freaking crazy. Like for you, you know, your vehicle is probably your business, right? That you're, you're building and you have different obsessions that play a role inside of it. How do you deal with the naysayers or the critics? Obviously, you're putting stuff out there that maybe is a bit divisive or it's striking a chord. And I'm almost positive there's many people who along the way, maybe since when you got started said, that's a dumb idea, or why are you doing it? Or, oh, look at this person, that's cringe. How do you deal with that personally on an emotional or psychological level? Do you read the responses? Do you ignore them? Do you zone them out? Do you meditate for an hour a day? Or what do you do to process that and keep keep pushing? I don't know. I feel like I don't get that many. Maybe I do, and I'm just so numb to it. I think that might be the answer. The only thing I'll get sometimes is sometimes you genuinely, this is something for any creator who's putting out content, you're genuinely going to say sometimes things that just don't make any sense because you're putting out so much stuff. I think it's really hard not to get out of that trap. And that's like the 0.05% trap. Like 0.05% of what you make is going to just, it's like, all right, this sentence literally doesn't make sense. Like it's not that it's a typo. It's just like, what are you saying? I guess that's like annoying. And sometimes I'll even like take down the post if it's true. So that actually is important though. Like you have to get comfortable with putting out so much stuff and knowing that, yeah, your brain is going to like mess up sometimes. And, and say something that doesn't make any sense. But who cares? Just you can move on, you can delete the post, you can do whatever you want, no one's gonna remember it. I think that's helped me from the beginning. It's like this like commitment to that no one cares that much. And just like put out whatever you want to put out, people are going to see your stuff, people are going to scroll for a second and see it, and then they're gonna move on with their lives. And no one's gonna think about it again. That mentality once it like sets in, I think it's easier to create. What's the biggest piece of relationship advice you would give to someone that could be to your younger self or to anyone out there, but throughout your life so far, what's that most valuable piece of advice you wish you had known earlier? Like romantic relationship advice or just relationships in general? Either. Okay. I'll give the general one because I feel like I'm not like super qualified to give the romantic one. I've been blessed at least lately in that like I don't really do much outbound. Like I let people come to me through the things I create, which is like one way to do things. And I think you can be successful that way. Like like David Senra, a founder's podcast was like, yeah, I've never sent a cold DM in my life. And that's kind of, I'm kind of in the same camp. But one of the things I will do and I have been doing lately is that when you like someone's stuff on the internet, just DM them and tell them. That's such a simple thing to do. But if you do that often, like once a day or a few times a week, it compounds like in a great way because that builds a great relationship that is simple and like this person knows you don't want anything from them like when I when my stuff blew up last year right I just got a lot of DMs like over a few months and a lot of people wanted things from me and wanted like secrets but a few people who I really admire all they did was DM me like great job this is awesome and so I think that is super underrated what would you say is your biggest keystone habit or daily ritual or weekly ritual that really grounds you and keeps you going too uh this year it's been running been like completely obsessed and addicted to running I feel like that's a common one it's like if you ran you know why it's just like that quiet alone time 
especially in the city. Like there's something so electric about running in the city in the morning. New York City, I feel like wakes up like surprisingly late. Like I feel like people who don't live here wouldn't think that. Like if you're out before 8 p.m., like 8 a.m., it's pretty quiet out, especially long runs. That is like the secret. That's how you really fall in love with running for anyone who's getting into it. It's like in the beginning, you're doing whatever, four or five miles. But once you can start ripping like 10 miles, 12 miles a week, like one run a week, you start to like look forward to that. And, and it really resets you mentally. What's something surprising about you that most people wouldn't know? Um, like earlier this year, massively became obsessed with like old cartoons, kind of like on the Disney topic. And I, I did a little bit of that through like cartoons I made. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's like the wildest thing in the world, how profitable these businesses, these stories are. That to me is like what I'm really obsessed with, I think. Like I think growing up, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I, I obsessed over these entrepreneurs. But one of the hardest things you have to do sometimes is realize like what you are and what you aren't. And I think I'll always have that in me. But the art game can be just as profitable as the entrepreneur game. Like it's hard to say James Cameron isn't an entrepreneur, right? That game to me is like so intoxicating. Come up with this thing that you know not only prints money but is this thing that people get to like really enjoy that is what i think i obsess the most over but don't necessarily show that publicly as much and so now like the challenge is for me like how do i do that with obsession as the three line and hopefully have products built around it where like these stories can feed into those products like i like i love obsessing over like these directors who just come up with these films like how did they come up with the screenplay how did they how did they how did they get it published it's yeah it's really cool to me i don't want to say i know the answer to this question but i have a guess is let's say you could have a billboard anywhere in the world and and people will see this billboard. It's the most popular highway in the world. And you can put a line or put a sentence on there. What would it be? Well, I'll tell you two answers that aren't the obvious answer of obsession. <laughs> but, uh, that that was be, my guess, by be, the record. For the record. Be follow obsession. The second motto that I would do, and I, this would be like my motto probably if I wasn't doing obsession, is uh, play in decades, which is like what the people I really admire are doing. They're just doing this pursuit and thinking so like insanely long term. Um, that's what I really admire. I think that's when really cool things get built. You know, you talk about like the iconic brands. These are built over decades. Like, it's really exciting to me to think about what obsession, like just that word, like how it fits into to literally culture. Like there are movements that start as just words and people doing crazy stuff, how that fits into the world in like 2050, whatever. The other answer would be like simplicity. That's what I'm trying to get to. I think the simple life where you know exactly what you have to do and you're doing just one core thing, like that one output of obsession and things are really simple. I think what's held me back is like complexity and hesitation and, and indecision, but simplicity, like I love that word. A couple rapid fire questions to finish off how do you like to drink your coffee do you drink caffeine oh uh, yeah just black or St starbucks uh vanilla sweet cream nitro cold brew great drink in an ideal world what time do you go to sleep what time do you wake up 10 p.m 5 a.m up that's like ideal usually <laughs> not usually up later <laughs> what is one song book or movie that's played a pivotal role in your life or this earthquake moment life just wasn't wasn't the same after it what was the middle one song song book or movie you can pick all three too um, all right, I'll just rip them. Uh, song. Lately, uh, one song I love, uh, Sympathy for the Devil. I listened to that song on like a long run, like a few months ago, and something like awakened in me. Like there is something about it that like literally like lit me on fire. And you'll have those moments if you like run that change you. Um, so that song, put that on, go for a run or work out. You'll feel really good. I, I liked Arnold, Education of a Bodybuilder. Did you read that book? Yeah. Yeah, like the old book. It's so good. And, and it, Total Recall is really good too. Total Recall is good. Even his new book is like five uh, or five rules or something. Be useful. I, I skimmed through something. Some of it it's good and uh, yeah but that one's the best it's like young arnold like pure obsession um that book made it clear to me like what obsession is in a movie probably whiplash that's like the obsession movie if someone wants to understand obsession um there is like a lot of other layers to that movie 
but yeah, I like that movie. Love it. I think let's wrap this up with something from Arnold. I think I love how he visualized and in some senses spoke into existence a lot of what he was going to do. Put the plan in place. He picked that single year of movement or output and then it happened. So we'll speak this into existence in decades. I can't wait to 10 years from now see Zach Progrub merchandise in stores. I guess you'll have your own coffee brand. You like coffee, black coffee or the nitro cold brew. And then uh, the media empire, whatever it might be. But Zach, thanks a ton. Really appreciate it. Let's go. Thanks, Arjun.